Welcome to Soccer Over Gotham, an NWSL podcast covering Gotham FC with your host, myself, Ruby, and Gary. Without any further ado, let's go Gotham. Now, let's get into the show. So, this is episode 41 of Soccer Over Gotham. Gotham Falls in their home opener to race in Louisville on a hot night in Harrison. Myself and Gary will break down the frustrating results. Gotham season has not gone the way they wanted so far, and we'll try to make sense of it all, offer solutions to the problems, and how are you, Gary? I'm doing really well, Ruby. We got a full mailbag, and I can't wait to answer all of the fan questions. But first, how are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. It's a nice day in New Jersey. Finally, spring's here, and I can't wait for summer. You know I love summer. <laughs> so I got to do something really cool. My mother is a big Star Wars fan, and I started getting into Star Wars myself. Got a chance to see the Allentown Symphony Orchestra play underneath the first movie in the PPL Center. It was yeah. so cool and amazing, and it just was captivating. Uh-huh. It's so cool is it's in this big arena, and they encourage you to like boo and cheer and you know so that so that's kind of fun and it was just good to be able to give her that new experience with the things that she loves that actually sounds really interesting and cool i'm not a star wars fan myself and i think i'm probably a little too late to get into it i haven't watched any of the movies i know a little bit about it you know like chewbacca and r2d2 and Let's get into this show. <laughs> we got some team news. So Gotham traded a 2022 international roster slot. Gotham will receive a 2023 international roster spot and 20000 in allocation money. What are your thoughts, Ruby? It's interesting because we're missing something. We're missing something in the midfield. So hopefully they can take advantage of this opportunity and use it wisely. But who knows what they're going to do? Yeah, this is the time to, if you're going to bring an international player, like it signals to us, at least they have, unless they have another one, that they're not making any moves. But next year, maybe they got something planned. Who knows? But yeah, $20,000 isn't really much of anything. So we'll take mm-hmm. it as it is. <laughs> yes. I do want to point out that Cloud9, our supporter group, is doing a pride raiser this month. It's amazing. They do lots of great work for the LGBTQ community. And it's basically, you match a dollar amount for every goal that Gotham scores. So we got to, we got to root for Gotham to score some goals. That's that's yeah. really cool. And any, any chance we can get to do more charity, we'll do it. Let's get to this game recap, shall we? Let's go. Okay, so roster highlights. All players off of COVID protocols. The injury list is short with a late addition. Out is long with maternity leave, as we know. Late addition was handcuffed for illness. Flores was upgraded to questionable, so we might see her soon. And Krieger was also listed as questionable with an illness. The 18, a 4-2-3-1. Betos in goal, a backline of Didasco, Freeman, Johnson, and Dorsey. Serboni, the captain at the base of the midfield. Kawasumi, Mewis, Monahan, and Yokoyama across the midfield, and Anamanu in the nine. No Kujo in the 18. Any thoughts on this lineup, Ruby? No Kujo again. And I really thought I was going to see Kujo starting this this game, but no Kujo. Then I was hopeful she was going to play on the second half. No Kujo, but she didn't even dress, so... I yeah. wonder what's going on there. It's impossible to tell how the COVID scare last week affected the players. COVID affects everybody differently, especially athletes. One has to assume that this was the best players available. Yeah, that's true. And with COVID still out there, let me tell you, at my office, half of my colleagues were, were out because they got COVID. So I can understand, you know, we have to put the safety of the players first. And honestly, I don't mind that they postponed the game 
because of safety. We got to keep safety first. Yeah, absolutely. But over to the game. Let's go over some highlights from this match. So the first 15 minutes were all racing. Gotham completely on the back foot. Racing is up, pressing high up the pitch. And Gotham initially does well to win their duels and negate the onrush. But Racing get a pretty easy goal. Kaiser plays McDonald through, who plays the ball across the back line to Malay for, for finish. Betos was hung out to dry on this one. I hate to see that. But Gotham was just giving the ball away for 20 minutes. Racing had 65 or more possession of the ball by the 20th minute. Gotham started getting momentum on the 30th minute. Freeman makes a great one-on-one stop on McDonald. That was the highlight of the first half. Before, Right before half, where Mewis cracks the crossbar twice in two minutes. Half ends with Mewis skying a 1v1 with the keeper. Ruby, any thoughts on this first half? I have to agree with you. The first 15 minutes, it was all racing when Louisville out there. They were dominating. I don't know if Gotham was trying to play more defensively after what happened with San Diego, but it was a little choppy for Gotham in the beginning. They were not able to keep the ball more than two or three passes, which is terrible. I know their priority right now is not to be a possession-oriented team, like when Freya was a coach, a head coach, and that's okay, but we need to have or make more quality passes. I see Gotham is trying long shots to, to catch the opponent off guard but it's not really working definitely not the way you wanted to come out in your home opener it was completely flat just giving the ball away as Mua stated in the post game this team is taking too long to figure out what the opponents are doing really poor first half from this team on the especially on the right side monahan and didasco were just not themselves in this one monahan was hustling as always but losing the ball one ball went straight under underneath her leg yokoyama was pretty much invisible it was a great half for Zerboni. She was everywhere breaking up plays. And Mewis was getting forward more in this one as we've seen more than we've seen her in a while. She looked really dangerous. And that free kick off the crossbar was an absolute rocket. Hell yeah. Mewis had a great game despite all the crossbar shots. And like you said, she was getting forward more and, and was giving Racing Louisville some trouble. And, and I like that. I really like that. Didasco definitely was not herself. She was stumbling on the field, making a few mistakes here and there, which are not common for her. Just remember, she's the NWSL Defender of the Year for 2021. So it was odd to see her uh, like this, you know, struggling on the field. And I don't know what's going on, but I feel like the team has a mental blockage or something because all these players are very talented players. They're not performing like they are used to perform. I don't know what's going on, but again, right now, like the the pressure's building up, and I I'm pretty sure they feel it. Agreed. So second half starts with Purse and Monahan off. Tucker is in and Yokoyama off. Both understandable substitutions. Gotham starts getting more momentum and turning individual efforts into shots on goal. Three more rattle the woodwork. Best play of the half is Dorsey slipping out of one of her cleats around midfield and then tracking all the way back to the touchline to block a shot. Gene enters for Didasco and Baxter in for Kawasumi in the 60th. The fifth sub is Richardson for Zerboni in the 80th. Good energy to close out this one, but just could not find the equalizer. Any thoughts on the second half? Uh, they did so much better in the second half, especially after like the 60th minute. They, they got their momentum up. They were trying from everywhere to at least tie the game, but it was not possible. And I don't know why, but I would like to see more of Ellie Jean. 
And I would like to see her more as an attack midfielder. I don't know. Like, just, just try something new. Put her in the midfield. I mean, since Cerboni is more defensive, she has more defensive instinct. It wouldn't be a bad idea, but that's just me. Scott can do whatever he wants. Um, Ellie is fast, and she's a total baller. I feel she brings the tempo up. Her passes are quality passes. And again, at this point, why not? I'm with you. Uh, good other substitutes. Everyone in the mid and impact. Purse looked dangerous and rattled the far post. Baxter looked lively. She had a ton of energy. A little bit too much energy at the beginning where she picked up a card pretty early for an ambitious tackle. This was Tucker's best performance of the season. She's a bit one-dimensional, but she'll add those <laughs> tools as she gets more minutes. This isn't college anymore. You just can't use your pace to just run by defenders at will. But Tucker was getting in the mix and causing problems. Domi and Jean... We're really trying to impress. All, all four of them did well enough to warrant further inclusion. Yeah, and let me mention, Baxter with her first NWSL regular season game on the books. She was celebrating that. That was a big moment for her. And she looked good. And I'm just going to say I had to message her. I slid in through her DMs just telling her she did great. <laughs> <laughs> and I do want to see Baxter getting more minutes. She looks promising. Again, the last 15 minutes of the game, Gotham looked good, but we need we need to have 90 minutes of consistency. Yeah, she reminded me a little bit of Eddie last season, where even if it was five to 10 minutes, you just felt like it was a, an energy boost for the team when they're yeah. on the field. You just feel the energy get up a little bit. So again, good on Baxter. But what were your overall thoughts on this one, Ruby? It's going to be really short for me on this overall <laughs> thoughts. And my overall thought, uh, thoughts on this is there's still work to do. In a vacuum, this wasn't the worst performance. Gotham, despite looking lifeless in the first 20 to 25 minutes, grew into this game and turned around a pretty large possession deficit into a 50-50 at the end. Gotham got off their most shots and most shots on target to date. The question is, Ruby, if one or two of these shots off the woodwork go in, are we having a different conversation? Oh, man, that's a good question there. And we might have had a different conversation right now if we had one or two goals going in. And I have to repeat myself. I think there's a mental blockage there. It's like when, you know, when you tell yourself, like, don't fall, don't fall, don't fall, and you end up falling. I feel like Gotham was coming out thinking, don't lose, don't lose, don't lose. And then they, they end up losing. They, they lost the game. But it's probably bigger than just that. I still cannot pinpoint what's going on. Maybe the heat. Maybe the coach? Who knows? I don't think we're having a different conversation. Reason being is I think this is your home opener. Gotham, the club, put a lot into this one. New Jersey, New York, rep your state promo. There was discounted tickets. That, that, you know, The first opener got delayed, so this was their shot as a, as a big opener. For yeah. Gotham to come out so lifeless was the last thing you wanted to see. Given the performances Gotham's put on so far, you have to say this is this is not good. So you, you think that they would be on the front foot trying to take the game to racing instead of the other way around. You know, the word is out. Press Gotham and they can't play forward. Last mm -hmm. season, Gotham invited teams to press. Not the case this season. The performances slash results are just not good enough. Gotham has won two of nine games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Preseason tournament. But <laughs> both of those games were on the road in Orlando. Yikes. This is one of the most talented and deep squads in the league. These performances are just unacceptable. Ouch. Two out of nine. It, that is not looking good for Gotham. And there's still time to fix things, but 
If we keep getting these results mid-season, Gotham will definitely have trouble in the season, and there has to be some radical changes. We have to make some radical changes if we see this continuously. Yeah, is going to have to have some difficult decisions and some difficult conversations if, if there's no change here. But we have to be positive. Let's be positive. There's still 20 games left in the season, so let's go Gotham. On positives, the pass map looked better on this one. Both Didasco and Dorsey are receiving the ball at midfield. The midfield was tighter than it has been, and Muse was getting forward. Again, in a vacuum, this wasn't a bad performance overall. Could have easily been two or three to one. I don't even think the most diehard of racing fans thought they weren't lucky to get out of Harrison with three points. Exactly. Nobody thought that. And at minute 65, I was hoping to get at least one goal and take at least one point and bring it that point. But it didn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so listen, when Gotham rebranded, they added the New York letters to their logo. Yeah. That means something. There are things that you can get away with in New Jersey, Utah, Louisville, that you just cannot wearing a New York logo. When you put a New York logo on, you are saying that this is a big team in a big market. There are expectations of being a winner in this market. For example, Angel City fans were starting to call for Freya's head after the team started slow in the Challenge Cup. Silly? Yes. But that's what's expected of a team in a big market. Angel City is ambitious. New York has to match that. This roster is not inexpensive. The rent on RBA is not inexpensive. New owners are coming in. The results have to match the investment. This roster is not young. You don't bring in Mewis, Harris, and Krieger if you're thinking of the future. This team is built to win now, and they are nowhere close to being a win-now team right now. This season is only 22 games long. It's really hard to dig yourself out of a hole. Games start to come really fast. I'm not saying time is up. The clock is running, and the time is slowly, slowly running out. Yeah, yeah. But I have a question for you. So... Mm -hmm. Do you think Gotham fans should come after Scott Parkinson's head to see a change? I'm not there yet. It's, again, it's still early. There's a lot of new pieces and moving parts, and I think we're going to cover that a little later on in the fan questions, but yeah. I'm not there yet, but things are not trending in the right direction. Yeah, and I agree with you. Time doesn't stop for anyone. It's definitely not going to stop for Gotham or Scott, and they have to get it together. But going back to the New York being a big name, yes, definitely. New York is a big name. I agree. But we have to keep in mind, it's not only the players that have to fill the seats. Where is the marketing team? I mean, you mentioned they were giving out discounted tickets. I think I only saw it on Twitter. Other than that, I, I didn't see anything else. Where else were they advertising? And I don't want to put anyone on blast, but when I went... Me and my wife went to one of the games. My wife tried to buy the season tickets at one of the games. Like, we're here. And the rep was there. So why not? You know, let's buy. And they don't sell tickets at the arena. They don't. I mean, we still got the tickets later. But those are missed opportunities. Don't tell me they cannot bring a laptop, an iPad, or your phone. There's Wi-Fi at, at Red Bull Arena. Close those cells on the spot. Like, the, the fans or whoever's coming, they're getting the whole experience by being at Red Bull Arena. And they might get motivated to buy a ticket for a family member or a friend or whoever. And again, those are missed opportunities. But anyway, I hope the back office can figure some things out out there. 
brings more people to the games. And I hope Scott can figure out what's going on on the field. That is very interesting because because that is you always want to if someone's there and they want tickets right away, you you get them tickets. Yep. You find yeah. some way to get them tickets. They were literally standing just there like talking to people. Yeah, OK, you talk to people. But, you know, like I'm telling you, you're on the game. You're hyped. You're, you're excited. Like, oh, I should bring my sister. I should bring my friend, whatever. Let me get these tickets. And you can't. Like, that's by the time you go home, you, you forget about it. You forget the excitement. It, it's gone. That's craziness. On to Scott. So Scott took over a playoff-bound team with multiple games in hand. At one point, this team had a legitimate shot at the shield, and we made the playoffs only with help. Gotham didn't lose during that stretch, but we just drew our way to the finish with some, let's be honest, some pretty uninspired performances. <laughs> the question I had going into this offseason was, what does a Parkinson coach team look like? The first stretch of games were pretty identity-less. I wasn't sure exactly what Scott was trying to do, and it seemed the players didn't either, but I think I got it now. Scott is very much a Chicago coach. If you all remember the playoff game against Chicago last season, I know we're trying to forget those things, but let's go back to Chicago last season. Chicago would clog the middle of the field with two different two defensive midfielders, Outside backs were mainly serving to deny service from wide areas. So they were not really getting forward, just not to allow crosses in. Neither Dorsey or Didasco have really gotten forward this season, which fits Dorsey's game a lot more than it does Didasco's game, which could explain why Didasco is having so many problems from going from the highest rated player in the league to average at best. It essentially funnels everything into the defensive midfielders to destroy. And as soon as Chicago gets the ball, they would just go vertical to Watson Pugh and just have them run at defenses from 30 to 40 yards out and just try to get shots on frame. So it's just vertical, it's fast, and it just transition right away. This style fits Monaghan perfectly as she's just fast and direct. Mm -hmm. So it somewhat fits Midge, but it certainly does not fit Iffy. Iffy is a prototypical number nine she is not at her best when she's running a goal she makes smart runs in the box and she occupies defenders when team is being patient in the attack no player has been affected more by scott's system than her ify has been really invisible this season this is a team that is built to possess to control possession to be patient getting and be patient when you're getting forward six to eight passes before crossing the midfield stripe it's not playing out of the back that's the problem but how you pass out of the back this roster yeah. just does not fit what Scott is trying to do here at the moment. Can they get there? Sure. But as I pointed out earlier, how much time do we really have? I agree with you. Like the problem's not starting from the back. It's how the quality passes. Sometimes they get on, on these tight spots and they're dangerous spots where they have to pass the ball back to the keeper. Sometimes some of those passes are weak or they make a mistake, and those are dangerous. So I have to agree with you. Our best games last season were against North Carolina, and they press hard. And this year, we cannot handle the press yeah. whatsoever. So it's not like these players can't do it. It's just been a weird setup, I would say. One other thing I want to point out that's kind of bothering me is that Scott has been slowly more and more taking swipes at players in the post games. This last one, just from reading it and from the people that were there, said it was just not a good vibe. That is not a good sign. Usually when a coach starts to criticize players publicly, it's not certain, and I don't know this for sure, but it can be a sign of losing the locker room. If you're a player, 
you're going all out for 90 minutes, especially in that heat, only to have your coach throw you under the bus publicly. I'm not inside that locker room, but I've been in many locker rooms and those things don't usually end well. Like we get he's frustrated. We're all frustrated. But getting in your own players' heads is not quite the best route. When you're a coach, never do things publicly, never do things in front of the team. Always, if you have an issue with a player, you do that in private, on the side, talk to them personally and, and wire out your differences. Publicly is never the good way to do it. I still believe in these players. This team is as good as any. This is, as I always say, this is a special group of players, veteran players. McCall had me wanting to run through a wall for her. I think the world of her. Things need to change and change quick or this could be a lost season. Again, there is too much investment in this big market club for this to continue. File this under, I'm not saying, I'm just saying. <laughs> but yeah, it, it, it doesn't look good when a coach goes publicly saying, I think the team has to take a look at themselves now. It doesn't look good. When you're a coach or a manager or a leader, sometimes you have to take one for the team, you know, and, and go on. Don't don't throw them under the bus. It doesn't work that way. Gotham has worked so hard to build the culture of this team and the club. And I feel like slowly that culture is they're losing that culture little by little. And I hope it doesn't happen because I love their culture. You see how players want to come and play here at Gotham. So Hopefully, it's, it was just the frustration of the game and nothing else. So let's move on. What is your stat of the week, Ruby? My stat of the week is that Louisville beats Gotham for the first time ever. Mm-hmm. This is the first time they beat Gotham. The next time Gotham plays Louisville will be July 8th. It's going to be at Louisville. Hopefully, this is the first and the last of this season. Yeah, let's go get some revenge on them. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So my stat, how was hitting the woodwork five times only equal to one expected goal? <laughs> I still don't get that stat completely. I think it definitely needs some adjustment. But let's get to our players of the week. Over on Twitter at Over Gotham Pod, fan chose Mewis as the runaway winner. Do you agree, Ruby? I'm surprised, actually. I think the player of the match should be the crossbar. <laughs> <laughs> For the other but- team, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, for the other thing. Oh, my God. Anyway, but the player of the week, yeah, it's Mewis for me, too. She was being a warrior on the on the pitch, even though she hit the post a few times, too many times. She didn't give up. She kept trying and trying and trying. Yeah. So first of all, fans, the cheek, the nerve, the gall, the audacity, the gumption. <laughs> Captain Zerboni only getting 4% of the vote. Best Gotham player on the pitch, highest rated player on the pitch was everywhere and surprisingly efficient in her passes. She got the being on the podcast bump of performance. That being said, it was Mewis. <laughs> <laughs> Mewis is special. She really hustled out there and was really unlucky not to get one there. Let's get over to some fan questions. These are from Twitter and our DMs. Okay, so Jeremiah on Twitter. Rate Scott's Parkinson's performance so far. What do you think you see that can attribute to his influence? What needs to improve? I'll let you go first, Ruby. So Rate his performance. Rating, so how are we rating him? Like one to ten, one to five, five stars? I don't know. Okay. What Eyes, like? Yeah. Last season, we gave him some grades. And, I, and if I can't remember, I had to go dig it up. But I think I gave him like a B minus for yeah, the end of last season. I think, okay, think that so sounds about right. Yeah, we'll do the grade, grade system. 
What do you well, think? right now, right now we're looking like a, a C minus right now. <laughs> but yeah, that's fair. Again, there's there's still room for improvement there. Right now, mm -hmm. it's a C minus. Influence is influence. I mean, he came in the middle of a season last season. He didn't have much time to work with them, and it was understandable. And like you said, he didn't really have a style back then. But now we're we're in a new season. He has trained these players since I guess. February or January and haven't seen much change there. There definitely needs to be improvement. He has to work more on, on tactics. Uh, it looks like sometimes the players are not on the same page. Sometimes we see some forwards like uh, some forward alone up there and everyone's back or everyone's it, they, they're not on the same page. So it needs to be improvement there. Yeah, I think C- is is fair right now. We've essentially put on 25 minutes of good soccer so far this season so i think well going back maybe c minus is a little <laughs> a little bit optimistic there but what else i see can attribute to his influence honestly this team every player that we've talked to seems to think that this is a really good environment everybody yeah. seems positive everyone seems to be on the same on the same page as far as everyone likes each other it just seems like they're all having fun I don't know if that's always the case, but everyone we've talked to seems to be this is a really good atmosphere to be around, and they like yeah. his energy as a coach. So, I think I mean, that, yeah. yeah, yeah, they're having they're having fun at practice, but I don't think they're having fun on the field on, on games if they're yeah. losing. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. So, what needs to improve? I think it's it's pretty obvious. Uh, I think we need more patience and in the attacking third. Players need to get. The ball up top and hold the ball up. Let Mews yeah. make those make those runs that are the delayed runs that I love. Yeah. And that's what I mentioned, gosh, in the season preview where I was like, what can Mews bring to Gotham? Those are the runs that she makes instinctively, that delayed run where everybody's crashing the goal, but she's just hanging behind, makes that great little run. Mitch gets to the end line, gets the ball back. That is just classic. And I think that is really what we need to improve on is patience yeah. in the attack. I want to add one more thing to improve sure. communication. Yeah. Communication. Sam on Twitter, do you think changes should be made in the midfield? And if so, what kind? Also, what do you think adjustments have been made yet regarding playing out of the back, which hasn't been working well and all the turnovers keep happening either on D or in the midfield? So we addressed that a little bit earlier as far as the turnovers go, but uh, we definitely want to talk about the changes in the midfield. What do you think Ruby. Uh, yeah, I kind of mentioned it earlier too. Um, I would like to see Ellie Jean. I want to see what she can do in the midfield. Again, she feels like she's an explosive player. She's fast. She she will be a game changer, definitely, for them in the midfield. Again, why not? We have a solid defensive line. So I believe if we give her a chance in midfield with our defensive line, it, it, should, be, it should be fine. It should be good. Uh, playing out the back hasn't been working great for Gotham this season. I don't know if if it's the keeper. It used to work well with Richard, Sheridan on goal. I don't know. They, they need to avoid, like I said, they, they get themselves in those tight spots where the opponent comes and pressures them and any mistake be devastating. Yeah. Uh, I'll double down on I wanted to see Ellie Jean more. She has an edge to her. And when yeah. you're when you're not playing very well, having a player that comes on that just really wants to win and just has this, this that energy about her, as we said with Baxter, getting her on the field, just that, that attitude, that energy is going to definitely help this team. As far as the midfield goes, 
I mean, you guys all know what I think about this. Uh, I want Zerboni in the six, and I want Cujo or I want Torres in the eight, and I want Mewis in the ten. Keep all her right. up top. There is there's no sense of keeping her in the eight and making her track across the field all the time. It just doesn't. It's just not working out. Whenever Mewis has gotten forward, we look good. It's just pretty much as simple as that. Got to get her on the ball higher up the field. That's what I want. And hashtag free Cujo. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay, next question. We got Kevin on Twitter. We talked a little bit about this, but any plans to change marketing strategy? Elise once said we need 10,000 fans to make RBA possible. We seem to be having trouble getting 3,000 lately. Anything to add to that, Ruby? Again, yeah, this is a good question. And this is a good question for the back office. What are what are they doing? Again, what is their marketing team doing? I really thought having Krieger, Harris, Mewis, Midge was going to bring the crowds, but it's not happening. It hasn't happened yet. And we have been blaming like, oh, because it's cold, nobody wants to come. Or like, oh, it's Easter, it's a holiday, nobody wants to come. Or it's hot, nobody wants to come. Or the game got postponed and, you know. So right here, I feel like they're running out of ideas. I don't know what's going on. Wonder, I, but I do kind of wonder if it's the, the price hike, if it has something to do with it. I don't know. I mean, they did say they doubled their season ticket holder numbers, but where are they, right? <laughs> um, but I, I've been a Red Bulls fan since 2014, 2015, so I don't want to talk about it. attendance. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know how to solve it. We've, especially with the Red Bulls, they've tried to, it's been dwindling and dwindling, and I don't, I don't know how to fix that. There yeah. are little things you can do. One thing they can do, which I don't know if they are doing, there are eight or nine different apartment complexes that are going up within walking distance of the stadium. They could offer them discounted tickets. They could just get right out of their apartment, walk 20 mm-hmm. feet to the stadium and get it, go watch a game. That's I try to get as many local people as I could. And considering those people to get those apartments are going to be millennials. They're traveling to New York for jobs. That is an NWSL marketable demographic right there that is a place where i would start locally but that would be my first marketing strategy for them start local get in touch with all those millennials in that area get them on board yeah one more thing they they could also like do like take advantage of the big names you have krieger harris do like a meet and greet before the game or after the game if you know i don't know something like that take advantage that we have Carly Lloyd as a minority owner, like, I don't know, market the hell out of Carly Lloyd. Do something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, let, let Carly do some marketing because these players do enough. They can let yeah. them relax for a little bit. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, Carly's retired, so Carly has time. <laughs> yeah. All right. So on to Rob C on Twitter. After a good, in my opinion, 2021 season, it's not just your opinion, but why does it seem like Lewandowski can't get on the field anymore? I know she was in COVID protocol for some, but it seems like Scott doesn't have a place for her. In 2021, her average match rating was, on FOTMOB was 7.15. Go ahead, Ruby. Yeah, definitely. We had a great 2021 season. Um, we made it far into the season. but and, and I was wondering, too, again, despite her age, she is a great, great player. She's a great defender. She's good in the air. 
But it seems like, to me, it seems like Gina now is more focused on coach and her coaching career. So maybe that's why we haven't really seen of her. But yeah, I was wondering the same thing, why she hasn't played. But again, well, we have, this is my yeah. opinion, I think, is her coaching career. I don't know. Go ahead, Gary. Well, yeah, think about last season. She had a great, she had a great season last season, absolutely. But she was the third center back last season. We started with Johnson and Freeman. Then Freeman got hurt. Uh, then Lewandowski finished the season as a starter. And when when Freeman came back, Gina got pushed to the bench. That was just basically the setup there. So this season, we also added Krieger to the mix. So now she's in that mix for the third or fourth center back. So it's not. It's not. It, it takes nothing away from her because every one of those center backs are awesome. Johnson is amazing. Freeman is such such a good player. Krieger is excellent as well. So it's just there's little roster spots for for this for her to play. So I think she will get her minutes, but mm-hmm. it's just tough. I just think she's third or fourth on the depth chart, unfortunately. Also, Kevin on Twitter, and for Ruby and Gary. What do you think is the best or most exciting goal you have seen Sky Blue or Gotham score? For me, the most memorable for me has to be that Kawasumi goal for the the Challenge Cup in 2020. Yeah. That one was a, that was fire. No one expected that. She caught the 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 keeper off her line. She went for it. Uh, she's done this before. She did it again. That was another kind of like Carly Lloyd vibes there, shooting from far away. But another one uh, that I really liked was when Sky Blue played against Chicago Red Stars. And I think I wrote the date here. August 14th, uh, 2019. Page with two beautiful goals against Chicago Stars. Yeah. What about you? I'm going to go back to my first Sky Blue game. It was Sam Kerr and the comeback against KC. Kerr put a hat trick in ten minutes to win the game. It was, they were down like I think it was, they were down two nothing. I think Kerr scored three goals in ten minutes, and it was amazing. To pick any one of those goals, any one of them. The one where <laughs> you know O'Hara just launched the ball from forty yards out into the box, and Sam Kerr ran onto it and headed into the back of the net, and she's just she was just amazing. Those goals were incredible, and again, being my first. Sky Blue experience. It was incredible, and I'll never forget that. All right, so Brittany on Twitter, Mewis has essentially been the only offensive threat this season. Not sure if I agree, but she makes incredible runs into the box. That I do agree. And up the side, and that does not get utilized. She pulls defenders out out for her forwards who don't take advantage of the space. She sends balls up top that don't get played in, etc. It's like our forwards all have but disappeared. To me, this is a tactics and a game plan issue, not a player effort issue. I agree. Do you think Gotham should be considered a high coaching change? Is it too soon for that discussion? Are Parkinson's days numbered? Wow, we covered a lot of that a little bit earlier. I still think it's too soon. It is getting there, but it is too soon right now for me. But I do agree with our forwards being out of place. In this in this setup, and the effort again has been there, as you pointed out, and, I, and you know, obviously Monahan has been tearing it up on her side, but there is a huge disconnect, and I think, as we talked about earlier, it's patience in the attack, it's slowing down. They don't have to run to goal every single t- every single time. Again, this isn't Chicago. We're a Gotham <laughs> team that's smart, veteran players that know how to take a little bit off the game. But what do you think, Ruby? 
Yeah, it's a little too soon to consider a head coach change at this moment. But definitely the topic's on the table and it's on, on the radar, considering the games we've seen. Like you said, two two out of nine games, that's that's a little... Those numbers are, are you know, make you think. Those numbers make you think. I do believe it is a tactics issue. I don't believe that it's a, a player issue, like you said. I feel mm-hmm. the players sometimes are not on the same page. So, again, you said patience, and I'm going to say again, consistency. Yeah. Judy on Twitter said, we have midfield problems, but Cujo has been MIA. She didn't even dress for the game. Why? These questions are good. They are. <laughs> but we, you know we have this free Cujo campaign going on. Free Cujo. We want to see Cujo. After a so-so first half with the game against Louisville, I was expecting Cujo to come in the second half. But yeah, like you said, she didn't even dress. So honestly, I don't know what's going on and I don't know what to think. Hopefully, we do not get rid of her. And I don't think she will play in the next game against Angel City. It happens sometimes. It was, again, like last season with Pinto just not getting minutes. Yeah. It's just the coach's decision for whatever reason. It seems like he does not trusts Cujo or thinks that she fits the player that he wants her to be. I do not get her not dressing. She's a talented player. And as I said in the other podcasts, if we're not going to use her, move her because she is too talented to be sitting the bench and she should be getting minutes later. She's still young. She can still grow as a player. And yeah, it's, it sucks that she is not getting playing time. And again, like you, Ruby, I don't know. And next next game, if we don't see her, we'll be asking the post game. So yep. look for that. But all right. Thanks for all the questions, everyone. Those were really, really good questions and thought-provoking ones. So look forward to answering a lot more of them as we go along. And I hope we gave you answers that satisfied your queries. So let's look at the table and where we stand. Gotham falls again, this time to 10th in the league. Negative two goal differential. Thank you, Orlando, for keeping that, that goal <laughs> differential down a little bit. But the good news is Gotham has two games in hand already. Hey, and they both sell chaos. It is what it is. So if Gotham wins both of those games, they are in the mix for second plays. So file that under. So we got that going for us. (laughs) When I hear the NWSL chaos, I think of that meme of like Elmo with the fire in the background. Like, ah, it is like that. (laughs) Yeah. But I like, I like your way of thinking because Last season, when when we were like, oh, we have four games in hand, you know, after that was kind of like disappointing, uh, disappointment after disappointment. But <laughs> I mean, right now we're at the bottom of the table. Yeah, we're pretty low, but there's only one way from here and that's up. And another thing that's surprising now that we're talking about the standings is that North Carolina is at the very bottom. Yes. So again, reminding everybody that Games in hand are not points in hand, so you still have to play those yeah. games and you still have to win those games. But yes, surprising North Carolina. It looks like they uh, wasted all their energy on the Challenge Cup. Well, they didn't waste it. They won it. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's been a slow start for them. Our next opponent is Angel City on the road, Sunday at 8 p.m., facing off against our former coach and one of our goalkeepers. That is interesting. Gotham's last trip to the West Coast didn't quite go to plan. Angel City has a ton of talent. Any team but Cresson is a dangerous one. Angel City has scored five goals in our last five. Gotham hasn't scored in their last two. 
June Endo is the player to watch here. She's created the biggest chances for Angel City. We saw just like in last week's match how players like Kaiser only need one chance to create a goal. Once again, Serboni is the key player here. I expect Harris to be back in the lineup and Midge to be back to starting. Any thoughts, Ruby? Yeah, definitely Harris is going to be back in the net. And like you said, Angel City here is a threat. They've been killing it lately. And they are the team that plays until the last whistle and follow that ball until the, the end line. So they push, push, push. So we need Gotham to push, push, push as well. We have to be careful not following Angel City players in danger zone. So we have to be careful about that. I think this match is what be what we've been waiting for, you know, since Freya left Gotham. So we've been waiting for to to go against Angel City, and I really hope we win. Yeah. So where are we manifesting this week, Ruby? Manifesting one zero, of course. Gotham needs to win. Uh, needs to win this game, and I'm gonna tell you why they need to win because <laughs> I want to go after the game, and I want to go on Alexis Ohanian's Twitter, and I want to go tell him. Leave fashion and winning to the East Coast. Specifically, leave that to Gotham. Definitely. You know, I'm at this point, <laughs> I'm manifesting a draw here. I don't care <laughs> how we do it. Let's just get a point and get the heck out of there and come home. Ruby, any random thoughts before we go? Um, no, I'm just excited about the long weekend. I've been so busy at work, so I plan on doing nothing. Nothing, just watch soccer. <laughs> Yeah. As I told you before we started this podcast, and you know that this has been a good year so far for all my flowers. My roses are coming in. All my flowers in the front are coming in. My vines and my all my. It's just been a great year for that. So I'm excited to more of that. I like rescuing plants as well. That's awesome. I I do not have a green thumb, but I do want to go like to Home Depot or whatever, get some plants to put in my yard. I do not have a green thumb, so I'm going to try this year. I'm really going to try. I feel like I kill every plant that I buy. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, let me just get this out of the way. It, my girlfriend tells me what to do, and I just do it, and it comes out oh, well. Okay. So <laughs> I don't oh quite God, have the green I, thumb. <laughs> but, I, but I even kill a cactus. Can you believe I kill a cactus? Like, you don't really have to water. I think, okay, I know the problem. <laughs> I don't water the plants that need water a lot, so I don't water them. And like the cactuses that do not need a lot of water, I overwater them. So that's <laughs> okay. We see the problems. Yeah. Yeah. We'll figure it out. <laughs> but, all right, Ruby. Let's get to this game on this weekend. I'm excited. You excited? Yeah, hell yeah, I'm excited. Let's beat Angel City. Let's go. Let's go.